what do your procrastinating ways really mean? This episode is for you if you are a procrastinator or if you know somebody who's a procrastinator, because you probably have somebody in your life who, if they're a procrastinator and you're not, they drive you crazy. So you'll understand a little bit more about them and why they fall into the procrastinating trap. It's very, very enlightening. And I had this realization because I found myself procrastinating on something very, very important. In fact, a huge dream of mine. And when I had this realization, when I finally started executing on it, I was like, OMG, I need to share this because it's something that like I was dreaming of yet procrastinating on. Why in the heck was that happening? It's just so incredible how our brains work against us when we're unaware. And putting awareness on this topic, I just felt was really important. So here is a little bit about procrastination. And I'm going to share the four biggest fears that we have related to that and two suggestions for getting moving and out of that procrastination trap. But I'm using myself as an example. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Spark to Second Half. Today's episode, like many, is based on my own experience, based on something that uh, happened to me recently or a realization I had recently that I was doing something and it is really important to share because everyone does it, but what people don't do is they don't realize why they're doing it. And that's procrastinating. What psych today or psychology today, as it's properly called, says is procrastination is a human tendency. It's something every single person does. We know we're doing something or not doing something We know we're not doing what we're procrastinating. So we know we're procrastinating. We know what we're not doing, but we don't take the time to consciously explore why. We're just like labeling. What we do is label ourselves a procrastinator. That's like who we are. We take that on as an identity and that's not helpful. Calling yourself a procrastinator when that really is a label that you probably think 
negative things about lazy, non-action taker. Those are a lot of the synonyms for a procrastinator. So I found out I was procrastinating on something and it was actually something on my vision board. And isn't that crazy? We have a dream. We have a wish. We put it on our vision board and then we procrastinate on it. Why? Why do we do that? So the bottom line is that we avoid the things we're scared of. In most cases, fear is behind the procrastination. So that is something to be aware of. Is the thing you're avoiding something you're afraid of doing? And we don't want to admit we're afraid. No, no, no. I just can't do it because this, this, and this. And we have all these excuses. But if all of those excuses were removed, would you still do it? Would you still take action? And I'm happy to say that I stopped procrastinating. But I would like to say that procrastinator equals scaredy cat. (laughs) So that's what you are. You're a scaredy cat. So that's a better way to look at it, right? You know, fear is more acceptable than procrastination, I think. Because, yeah, everybody is afraid of the unknown things. And once we address it, once we uh, are aware that that's what's going on, and we're not a bad person, we're not a lazy person, we're not a procrastinator, we're just a little scared. And that's okay. So how do you get unscared? (laughs) You start to take action, maybe baby steps, but I'm going to share what my avoidance, what I was avoiding is, or was, but I'm also going to share four common fears behind procrastination and two suggestions to help get you moving that I found in researching this. And I think these are very helpful. Number one, the fears are important to know because there's different types of fears and then how to how to get moving because we don't want to stay in procrastination mode or scaredy cat mode as we're calling it now, right? Okay, so the thing that I was procrastinating on was, like I said, on my vision board, it was doing my first retreat. I have been wanting to do a retreat for a long time. I've been wanting to go on a retreat for a long time. I finally went on one. But even before that, I wanted to do my own retreat. So I went, when I went on a retreat, I was so excited because I could learn what they were doing. It was a husband, wife, well, the girlfriend, boyfriend team. When I went to Greece and it was a yoga retreat, but it was so much more than just yoga. And I'm not really a yogi. So it was kind of interesting to go and and just want that experience that had really nothing to do with yoga. Although a lot of the people that I was there with had just gone through yoga teacher training, but I, I didn't care. I just wanted that experience. And I knew the person who was doing it. I actually had her on my podcast as a guest, and I just knew that it would be a good retreat. And it was in Greece, which is was on my bucket list. 
So I, I went and I did it and I learned from it and it gave me a little bit more courage to do my own because I was like, oh, this wouldn't be hard. But it's so interesting that it was a dream I had, but I couldn't bring myself to get past the fear. I didn't even know I was afraid of it, honestly. I was just like, I just had reasons for not doing it. Number one, COVID, which is a good reason, right? I couldn't really have a retreat if no one could come to it. But when did COVID end? <laughs> it's been over a year. It's been over a year and I still stalled and I still avoided and I still didn't put it on the calendar. I didn't book it. I didn't take any action to figure out what the retreat would consist of, where it would be. No invite invitations went out. Fear stopped me. So my question to you is, what dreams are you procrastinating on? What fears are keeping you from your dreams? If you have a vision board, I would encourage you to look at it and ask yourself, what's stopping you from moving forward? What's the next step to make that dream a reality? And so these are the four common fears behind procrastination. Number one, fear you'll do badly. That when you actually take action on what you're avoiding, that it will be a failure. This is a fear of a lot of perfect perfectionists. Perfectionists, even though they want to do it perfect, and you think of them probably as type A people, they are afraid that something won't be perfect. So that's a fear. Number two, fear of the unknown. Very common among all humans because all humans want to operate within their comfort zone. That's comfortable. When you talk about going outside of your comfort zone to the unfamiliar new experiences, that's where it's scary. Unfamiliar stuff is scary. Things you've never done before. And clearly, I had never done a retreat of my own. That would have been up there as one of the four fears that was keeping me stuck in inaction. Number three, fear of the uncomfortable. So there's the, and then this kind of is a very similar, but a little bit different than the previous one, because the other one was fear of the unknown and unfamiliar, something new. This is fear of the uncomfortable. So you're looking at it as something that would make you squirm, maybe. What I will say about the uncomfortable is we often perceive something that we haven't done before as uncomfortable until we do it, and then it's comfortable. It's just a perception. So yeah, it's going to make us uncomfortable. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable to fail. It's going to be uncomfortable to do something new, like when you ride the bike for the first time, you can fall and hurt yourself. So yeah, it might, there might be a few learning curves, a little few bumps in the road, and that would be uncomfortable. But there's comfort in the uncomfortable because when all is said and done, 
that's where the magic happens. That's when your dream comes alive. And the more you do the uncomfortable, the more you realize that, hey, your perceptions are a little out of whack because that wasn't so uncomfortable after all. Number four, fear of taking the wrong first step. And this can be like uh, the fear of failure. The first one fear you'll do badly is that it'll all be a mess and it'll be horrible and you'll be judged and you'll fail. You'll get an F. Whereas this one is just like the first, I don't even know where to start. I, I, you know, what if I take that first step and then it takes me in the wrong direction or I just can't take the first step because I don't know how, I don't know what it is, or I can't take the 10th step or I'm looking at the 10th step all, and, and, and I'm so far ahead of myself, I can't even take the first step. So it's like fear of taking the wrong first step. Just take the step whatever it may be. And I'll give you an example of what I did in my case is it got to the point where I was a little embarrassed because I had told my students I was going to do a retreat. And in fact, they got a retreat for being a part of my second half school program. And of course, When they came into the program, it was COVID. So I was like, oh, after COVID, after COVID. So one way that you might think, okay, if it's scary, how can I push myself to get over the fear? Tell other people because that then gives you accountability to get it done. And in fact, that's one of the suggestions of getting you moving is to uh, what it, what is in the research I did, they used the term run small tests. So the small test, for example, would be in my group. So who's up for a retreat this fall? You could do something like that. You could throw out a date. You could throw out ideas. I ended up in my student group mentioning a location, which interestingly was just a location that I decided to do because it was going to be convenient for another event I was going to at that location. And I got a negative response from somebody because her comment back was, August in Phoenix? Ugh! And what is funny about that is I I loved that I got the feedback and it really wasn't where I wanted to have it. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go where my heart has been leading me, which is Sedona, Arizona, not too far from Phoenix, but I wanted to go there. But my fear was that people won't go that far. People, it's an out of the way place. You've got to fly into Phoenix and then you've got to drive two hours. And that made me think, perceive that that, uh, would would go badly. That would I would fail in that because people wouldn't want to come. And then I thought, if there was a retreat that I found interesting in Sedona, I would go. In fact, I have gone to events in Sedona in the past year, and I thought 
well, why, why is that so scary? Why is that stopping me from the location that I want to go to? But what happens is our fear is so much on autopilot in our subconscious. It's throwing up these blocks. It's throwing up these, these roadblocks when we start to take action. Nope. You, you know, that's, that's not a good place. You know, you can't go there. Oh, nope. Uh, you, you, you can't do it with this other event. You, you're going to be too tired. So there's, there's a number of reasons uh, why our brain tells us to continue to procrastinate, to continue to avoid. So what the two suggestions are, as I mentioned, run small test. So the tests help you with the confidence in that the, the thing you're avoiding. So it, whatever it may be, might be big, might might be not so big. The retreat to me is big. So I had to run some small tests. Another small test uh, was to get feedback from other people who had done retreats. And so it's like a test. What What did you find? What did you learn? That's a test of they were successful. It's proof that People who hadn't done retreats before did their first retreat. They were brave enough. So they are really good examples for me that I am just as capable of doing something like that. So the the running small tests will get you moving and taking that first action step. What is that first action step that will just get you one step closer to the bigger dream that you desire. Collect information. So do research. So that's the second thing is collect information because especially with perfectionists and especially with the unknown or unfamiliar, as you collect information and do your research, you feel like You've got a handle on it. It's not so much unknown. It's not so much unfamiliar. So I, I one way I collected information was when the, the small test of finding out what other people had done. Well, I actually got a group of people in a mastermind that I'm in. I first of all posted in the Facebook group, who's done a retreat, who would like to do a retreat because I wanted to help other people too, who wants to get on a call and have a talk about what you should do when you do a retreat. What what are some of your lessons learned when you do a retreat? So I did that. I had a Zoom call and I took notes, got some great ideas, and I was like, felt more comfortable. So that was a great thing. And then I sat down and I did an agenda. I thought, what do I want this to be about? What do I want the experience to be for the retreat participants? What was my experience at my retreat that I loved? What were some of the things that they did that I would want to do my version of? And so I started to execute on that dream. I started to make that dream a reality by just doing an agenda. And it's not like the 
end all agenda that I'm going to do. And then I had students starting to be interested because I set the date. That's the other thing I did. And maybe that was the small test. Another small test I needed was I set the date. I was like, I'm going to commit to a date. I'm going to do a date. I'm going to pick a date. I'm going to pick a place. And I'm going to start talking about it. And then, of course, the question was, well, what's the agenda? And so then I was like, okay, I need to sit down and do an agenda. Even though it's not fully fleshed out yet, it's the structure is there. And then that got me thinking about, okay, I want to do a couple of these things that are going to require experts to come in. So who do, do I need? Who do I, I have to find somebody. Again, go to the Facebook group, ask for resources. Who, do you know somebody in Sedona who does this? Do you know somebody in Sedona who does that? And then I got three other Facebook groups that are actually Sedona Facebook groups where I could find resources. So as you can see, one step, one minute step of just setting a date, putting it down as a finite, this is it. I don't care who comes. If it's just me and one person, I think one person will come. That's good enough. It'll give me experience in doing it. You have to have this detached from the outcome that you desire. And then I decided I wanted to be intimate, very intimate. So I don't want more than I said at first 20 people. And then I, I reduced it to 15 just because I thought my first retreat, I want it smaller. I'm hosting it in an Airbnb. Oh, that's the other thing. I booked a place. So set the date, booked a place, mentioned it to my students, organized a Zoom meeting, got information, collected information. And then you start to get that momentum and that excitement. And I will tell you that this has been on my vision board for over three years. So it is, or is it four years? 2019, I put it on my vision board. That's four years, four and a half years. I can't even do the math. Before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, but it's been in my head longer. So just grasp that, how long I have been procrastinating on something that I wanted to do. And you can imagine the thrill of now having 11 people signed up for this retreat and knowing more about what I'm going to be doing because of course I've worked more on the agenda. I've worked more on the content. I now have a theme for it and it's all coming to me because when you start to execute on your dream and you start procrastinating and get over your fear, the downloads start coming, the voices that, that, that you know, because you've had these dreams and the universe wants you to have your dreams. So then the universe goes all in on helping you by sending you information, helping you get the right contacts. It's like, like who would have thought that I would have gotten all these resources, but I got over my fear. And like I said, it's been a dream for a long time. And 
believe it or not, the universe wants us to have our dreams come true. And if you're not dreaming, start dreaming. Because for the longest time, most of my life, I never put my dreams down. And it was only when I got near my 60th birthday that I I did a vision board. I think I did a vision board like back in eighth grade when I had a slumber party and we got the paste out and the poster boards and we looked through magazines. I think I did that once. Who knows where that vision board is? But these visions are important to have them no matter how crazy you think they are, no matter what little experience you might have, you might have zero experience. It doesn't matter if it's something you desire, put it down. And then think about if you don't take action towards those dreams that are on your vision board, if you don't take action, be conscious of that. Ask yourself, why am I not doing anything? Why is nothing on my to-do list? And you know, I'm big on those. If there's nothing on my to-do list that has to do with my dreams that are on my vision board, why is that? What am I afraid of? Which fear is top of mind and keeping me in avoidance mode? And then the two suggestions. Start to take little steps to get you moving. Run small tests, collect information, start the research, do something. Don't be afraid afraid of taking the first step. You are not a procrastinator. You are just a scaredy cat and it is okay. Big hugs. <laughs> so go and just do it. Get it going. And if you want to come on my retreat, we've got four spots left. And it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. All right. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.